Welcome back to A Guy to Girl Talk Sports. We are your hosts, Chad and Steph. Steph played competitive tennis and is just an avid lover of sports and watches all sports and any sports that she can get her hands and eyes on. And Chad is a former kicker. He played in college and he was a free agent in the NFL. So naturally, he's got a lot of insights on what it's like to play sports, but also he really loves all of them. I do. We have a really, really good episode coming to you guys. The first topic is going to be UFC 245. Just a little touch on kind of how it ended because... The final fight was pretty epic and kind of controversial at the ending. The next topic we're going to cover is the Heisman, because of course you've got to talk about the Heisman. Shout out Joe Burrow. And then we're going to kind of get into two topics regarding the NBA. Yeah, so the NBA topics are going to be, one, what do we feel about having players rest during the season? Do we think that the season should be shorter? And just our thoughts on resting NBA players for the sake of conserving their energy and then also just the season as a whole and what we think about that. And then the second NBA topic will be our debate on who the greatest player of all time is in the NBA. So let's just get right into it. UFC 245. The one fight that I just want to talk about is Usman versus Covington because at the ending it was a little controversial, even though he did break his jaw in the third round. Which yeah, no thanks. Shout out to Covington to be able to stick through that. I mean, to fight two full rounds, having a broken, broken jaw is, I can only imagine... And to continually get punched in the face when your jaw's broken, like, that sounds honestly miserable. But like you said, he still stuck through it. You couldn't even probably notice that his jaw was broken the entire time because he just kept taking it, but... Yeah, so you can't take away from the grit and the fight within him, but the fight kind of ended a little soon. He did get rocked. He got, I mean, he got knocked, but he also didn't get knocked out. He still tried to make a defensive play or a defensive maneuver. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I mean, with the with that being said though, his jaw was broken. Was he gonna win the fight? No way in hell. No. Was he gonna get out of that round? Probably no way at all. Yeah. But you never know. I mean Nate Diaz is the fifth round king, so things happen. Yeah, I but I in my opinion, in those kinds of sports, I think a lot has happened lately just I think was it in boxing or UFC where a guy boxing. passed away. So I think that it's better to err on the side of caution than just let somebody continue to get the shit beat out of them. No, I <laughs> agree, I agree. Borderline, like, okay, you know he's not going to win, so I think it's safe to call it, but... But I what about that slight 1% chance where it's like the fight of the history of the history of the fights, it's the craziest fight ever, and, I mean, he pulled it out, I mean, you never know. Yeah, I think whenever the chance of him getting seriously hurt is higher than that percentage of chance that he wins, then you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, so regardless, it was a good fight. Really, really great fight. If you guys haven't connected with us on Facebook or Instagram, go to our pages. It's GG Talk Sports. Let us know what you guys thought because we love to talk about everything and anything regarding sports and the topics we cover. But let's kind of roll into the next topic, the Heisman, because yeah. it was kind of a given who was going to win. But I also want to talk about it because I think his story is way different than most. Yeah, I think the best part is, is when somebody wins a Heisman, they have to give a speech. And when somebody gives a speech, you actually get a sense of who they are because, I mean, they're playing football, they're trying to act tough all the time, they're trying to just, any interview they do, they're just talking tough. Adrenaline roll, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a constant adrenaline rush while you're playing the game. When you get a first down, you get really emotional and you might do a kind of an asshole thing to the other team or taunt or whatever. And that might not signify who you are. It just signifies like, man, I just made this huge play and I'm pumped and I'm just trying to express my emotions the way that I just, I know how. And it might not be 
I just know. It doesn't correlate to how they are off the field. Yeah, so I think whenever somebody wins a Heisman and they have to give their speech, that gives a really good insight and, like, look into the actual person. And I will say, I knew nothing. Well, I mean, I know about Joe Burrow as a football player, but I knew nothing about him as a human being. And I was not expecting him to have, like, you know, a light-hearted and a bit of emotional response to it. And I didn't think that that was his personality type, but... It was actually super surprising, pleasantly surprising, to see him get emotional about his story coming from small-town Ohio where people aren't super well-off, and then to go to Ohio State, try to play there, sit on the bench for three years, and then eventually end up at LSU and get the chance he's gotten. It was cool to hear him explain the story from his perspective. Also, kind of a weird fact that I heard about was Urban Meyer apparently when Joe transferred said, this kid will win the Heisman someday. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the Probably. fact that and the fact that he was willing to allow a talented person like that to go. Yeah. I mean, that speaks volumes about one him as a coach, two him as a person, and then also maybe three did he make the right choice? <laughs> well, I think Ohio State was perfectly fine. <laughs> Luckily, I know that's that's not even a controversial topic. Both programs are killing it. Yeah. So, like again, it was cool to see. I think. He made the right decision by transferring. He got to go to LSU where he got literally the opportunity of a lifetime to actually show what he could do. Like he said in his speech, he was given the keys to the team, and he drove that team yeah. in the right direction. <laughs> and he's sure. still driving the team. So with that being said, yeah. his story's not done yet. We're going to see if he wins it all. I know. We're going to see. The first playoff game is on the 28th, and I'm super excited to see how both of those games pan out. And obviously, we'll discuss it. Um, but yeah, he basically won every single player of the year award, quarterback of the year award, like all offensive the player of the year award, yeah. AC or ACC, SEC player, player of the year. year, you name it, he won it. Yeah, so good for him. We definitely knew that knew we didn't know, but we thought that that was gonna happen. And he did get the like biggest. What was it? He got voted in by. The oh league. yeah, he had the highest percentage of votes ever by a Heisman candidate. So it was a clear, obvious choice. Which is pretty, I mean, I don't blame him, but also with the candidates that he had behind him, Jalen Hurts, come on now, what he's done, what he's been able to do at two programs, yeah. Justin Fields, what he's been able to do this year, Chase Young as well, I mean, yeah. defensive player, woof, I know. incredible, and also he might stay for this next year, which could get things <laughs> really interesting. But to say that you had the biggest like deficit against your opponents in the Heisman race, when the rest of the field of the competition is that good, that's pretty impressive. That clearly shows that he did some special things. So, good for you, Joe Burrow. Yeah, and Coach O. Shout out to Coach yeah. O. And also, I would love to have a... We're just going to have to write this down sometime and talk about it. Does he deserve that lifetime contract that Joe Burrow <laughs> yeah. said? I mean, I feel like he Possibly. might, maybe. He's doing good things for them, that's for sure. So, yeah, the Heisman race. Shout out Joe Burrow. Shout out LSU. The whole entire state of Louisiana, as Joe Burrow said. But with that being said, we're kind of kind of roll into our next topic, which is NBA rest. Should it happen? Is it cool? Do you guys like it? Do you guys not like it? What are your thoughts? We need to know. But we're going to tell you our thoughts real quick. So, Steph, break it down. What do you think? NBA rest. Is it cool or not cool? So, I think I get it for a game or two. Here and there, maybe. But I think that the level it's happening now has gotten a little bit out of hand. So I guess it all kind of went off the deep end last year when Kawhi Leonard rested for 22 games during regular season. There's 82 games in a regular season. Yeah, 22. So you're basically sitting out for 
a quarter of the entire season. And I do understand he was coming off a serious, serious injury, but also he was fully cleared, fully healthy. He was not supposed to be on limited minutes or limited time, or it was just really just making sure that he had enough juice for the playoffs, which strategically they played the system the right way and it paid off obviously, but also as a fan, as somebody who is paying money to go sit in a seat and watch him play and cheer him on and wear his jersey and then see him sitting on the sideline in his nice suit hanging out, not playing because yeah. he's resting to win a championship. One, as a super fan, I guess maybe you're looking at that and saying, all right, good for you, win us a championship. But two, I feel like I would look at it as like, oh, come on, man. I just paid all this money to sit there, watch you play, cheer you on, support yeah. you, and uh, and you can't you can't do that. I know, and you're not even going to be in the game. So I think that is the unfortunate part, and I think that the unfortunate part, too, is that it's really just become all about money because clearly if players think that if the season is 82 games and then they make it to the playoffs and that gets you to nearly 100 games, depending on how far you make it through, if they think that they're at health risk to have to play that long, season in, season out, then they should shorten the season, but they don't want to shorten the season because then they lose money. So it's all a game of money, and I think that's super unfortunate because, once again, I read some things about how science has actually proven that resting players is beneficial to them and their health, which makes sense. For sure, 100%. at the same time, if you have the science and all the data to back that, then you should be looking out for your players. You should be able to have a shorter season, even if it's just by five to ten games. No, I agree with that, I think that would be the difference maker, and so that way you don't have as many back-to-back games where players are just literally exerting energy for basically two straight days. Um, And I think that that would be super beneficial, but they're not willing to actually look out for the best interest of the players because they're only concerned about losing revenue. I mean, no offense, but NFL, NBA, all these major sports are making plenty of money. They have plenty of money. If people need to make $100,000 less each person to be able to have five less games... I made that number up. I'm not saying that's the no, truth. Yeah, but, but if they needed to make a little bit less money to have five less games, I guarantee you people would be on board with that. And then you could have the you wouldn't have the issue of having people have to rest because they already are playing less games. Well your case would be that your longevity in your career would be longer. And then you would make more money in the long run probably. It, exactly. Yeah. So you would look at the the pros and cons and you'd say, Alright, this is this is what happens if you play eighty two games, you risk yeah. this injury you make this amount. Right. If you play 72 games, this is your risk injury percentage. Yeah. This is how much you'll make. Right. Longevity. And, and then you see, you really can evaluate. Is it worth right. it? Is it smart? Is it a good evaluation to subtract 10 games? Maybe it's five games. Maybe exactly. it's two and a half. I don't You can't do a half a game, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Whatever the case Whatever may be. Whatever the number is. We have so many analytics nowadays that you can test and track these things and figure it out to make it the most beneficial for everybody. A win-win, because I definitely think that's a possible thing yeah. to get to a win-win situation because I do think like it's a lot of time on the court for those players. I can only I, imagine. Yeah, 82 games. They I mean. play depending on how far you get in the playoffs. You're playing from literally October to June. You're playing for literally 75% of the year and it's not like football where you play once a week. You're playing up to like four or five times yeah. a week depending on the week. Um, so I just think that I don't disagree that players are probably should have some rest opportunities, but I don't think in the current way that it works that just resting for the sake of resting is the right approach. So I think something needs to change, and I know that they've been kind of throwing out some potential 
plans or what they thought it could probably look like, but everything I've read has said they're going to continue as is for the foreseeable future because they don't want to lose revenue by reducing the game count. I don't think any changes will really happen or occur until like 21, 22, something like that. But yeah. I also want to rewind for a second because neither of us have played professional basketball. So I want to kind of talk about or kind of touch on somebody who has and somebody's damn good at the game, Shaq and Charles and all those guys really, really kind of talked about resting in the NBA. And they said themselves, like, we didn't rest. Yeah. Back then, you don't rest. You played because you get paid to play. That's you get paid job. that much. That is, Exactly. They said, that's your job. That's expectation. When you go pro, is that, okay, I play 82 games a season, and if we make the playoffs, hopefully, then it's another 10 to 20 games. Exactly. And that, once again, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. That is your job description. If you're, you know, if you're hurting a little bit, you still go out there. And once again, football and basketball are very different. It's one game a week based on multiple games a week. But if, you know, you're sore for football, you still go out there. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like it's the same for basketball. For the most part, there's yeah. a few pe- maybe players or organizations that maybe take advantage of the system sometimes here and there. But I agree with what Shaq and Kenny and all those guys say is that, like, man, that, that was our job. Like, that's what you do. MJ didn't rest. Right. You know, like. I know. Scotty didn't rest. I, Will didn't rest. I mean, yeah. so. And to that point, too, is if you are a little banged up, then you're out because you're injured. You're not out because you're just resting. There's a difference between literally being 100% fine, but just trying to make sure that you're well-rested and that you're not overused. But like you said, that's your job to be out there. And it's one thing if you're, like, a little bit sore, or like something's a little bit not – something's a little tweaked or something yeah. to where you're not 100%. But then or you, you have can, a stinger, I don't, yeah, whatever, yeah. you can say that because you're legitimately injured. But it's a, it's a whole different story when you're just trying to sit out because you need energy later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, exactly. So I agree with that. And also, like we said, we didn't play professional basketball. So no. we didn't really experience an 82-game season. So we're just going off of who the greats, how they talk about it, which yeah. MJ, he didn't rest. He said it himself. He didn't rest. Scotty, once again, let's just back up. MJ played the flu game. <laughs> the flu game. The yeah. flu game. So That would not happen now. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the next topic. Yes. but. Shaq didn't rest. I mean, the greats didn't rest. And so, in my opinion, basketball has continued on to our next generation. And we need to continue it the way that the old generation did. I agree. Or at least until changes have been made, and then you can adjust to the changes. To the new changes, yeah. I agree. I think that, once again, it's still their job. And we're not discrediting the fact that it's probably exhausting or discrediting the fact that resting a game or two could definitely benefit you in the long run and we're not discrediting the fact that science says is that's true but in the way that it is today that's the job description and that's what you're expected to do so and that's also what fans are expecting of you too which without fans you wouldn't be playing so yeah exactly no yeah 100 that was like the greatest gift being in football was that we got to give back to the communities and be able to hang out with the fans and and actually experience how they experience what like our games and stuff like that it was it's it makes it more special knowing that they pay to see you play. Right. And so the next topic that we're going to talk about, because this is, this is just a continuation of basketball talk, is who's the GOAT in the NBA, past and present? Yeah, the greatest of all time, legitimately. <laughs> Which I feel like there's probably two, maybe three, maybe four that you can throw into the argument. One is currently playing, King James. The other three are not. Do you want to rank your top four, or do you just want to talk about each one, and then we'll talk about our rankings at the end? So for me, it only comes down to two people. I don't even need to rank the top Ooh, four, okay, because okay. I know the 
other two that you're going to list definitely made an impact on the sport and they were impressive players and they did really great things but I think to me the sport is more than just how many points you scored or whatever I think that the two people I am going to choose or pick between or discuss are like a full package for the sport and for what's happened because of who they are so I like that. it's only narrowed down to two for me already <laughs> I like that well then I'll just talk about my back end too because yeah, your yeah. your first two are the same as my first two so we'll discuss that after this but so the back end two that I would have to throw in there would be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six NBA championships, 38,000 points. I think it was like 17,000 rebounds. I mean, <laughs> he went numbers. off. Yeah. He, he did something unprecedented. And he was just a different kind of player in his generation. He was just, he was incredible. I obviously didn't get to watch him, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen footage, I've seen film, and, and stats don't lie in my opinion. But the other one that I would throw in there is Kobe, the Black Mamba. Oh, yeah, I mean, woof. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't think there's anybody that had a mindset He's a like Kobe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hands down, maybe the greatest competitor of all time. Probably. He, he could be the GOAT. He could be the GOAT of the competitor. Yeah, sure. So I, I, we got to skip it because this discussion is going to be too heated between the top two. Yeah. So, all right, top two. Easily discussed. I mean, the top two are the same top two that everybody's ever talked about for the last 15 years. And <laughs> that is Michael Jordan and LeBron James. They are two, like, literally incredible. Oh my gosh, it's Michael Jordan and LeBron? What? Are you shocked? I'm shocked. <laughs> but both of them are just seriously incredible, and nobody could ever argue that they are two of the greatest of all time. Obviously, MJ has held pretty much in most people's eyes held the title of being the greatest of all time, but then LeBron James has come in and definitely tested that theory um, and probably converted quite a few people to believe that he's the greatest of all time. So Statistically. Statistically, I mean, yes. I think you have the stats. Rattle them yep, off. Yep. All right. So I got to grab my paper because there's a lot of stats to list off on <laughs> yeah. this one. So in MJ's 179, and I'm just going to say this up front. The way that I look at this is playoff games because – and we'll talk about regular season stats too, but playoff games and championships are really what define your success in the NBA. MVPs do as well, and all-star games do as well, but at the end of the day, however many rings you win, that's what you're based on, I feel like. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do, because I think a lot of the time there will be people who are extremely good basketball players, but they actually get forgotten because if they never won a championship, they are less credited for their yeah. accomplishments. I think everybody gauges... Somebody's success in the NBA by, did you make it to the playoffs? Did you make it to the championship? Did you win a championship? I think that that ultimate success is definitely key in somebody being like an all-time great. No, yeah. For example, we'll just kind of look at the NFL, Peyton Manning. I mean, he didn't win that many Super Bowls based on how many stats that he had. He was considered arguably the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. It's sad that they put regular season in front of it. <laughs> yeah. Because that was just the truth. And so I think, yeah. I there's think a caveat. There's a caveat. you yeah. got to have championships to be considered the GOAT, mm -hmm. which both do. So I'll just get into the playoff stats. MJ has, 100, has had 179 playoff games. With that being said, he has six championships. And of those six championships, he was named MVP in every single one. <laughs> which is kind of funny. LeBron, <laughs> 239 playoff games three championships, and he was also named MVP in every single one. Yeah. So it goes to say that they argue, arguably led their teams to the NBA championship every single time they won. Yeah. But 
LeBron has over 50 games more and less than half, well, exactly half NBA championships than MJ. Yeah, I mean, he has done a lot less in a lot more games. Yeah, but then the argument's thrown in there, well, MJ had Scotty and Dennis and a lot of great players around him, but LeBron also had... My favorite, D-Wade, yo-yo. D-Wade, <laughs> top three maybe, top three Kyrie ever maybe. Irving. Hang on, let's yeah. just rewind. D-Wade's top three ever maybe shooting guard of all time in my exactly. book. Chris Bosh was on pace to be top five power forward of all time. Kyrie is still probably on pace to be top ten point guard of all time. Yeah, so that argument I think Oh, and Kevin Love. Hmm. Casual. Yeah, Casual. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that that argument... Um, I don't think that's a valid argument because I think they both were surrounded by really good players. But I also think it's because they make everybody around them better too. So I think that all those people we just rattled off are really good players in their own right. But do I think that if they weren't on the same teams as the two potential greatest players of all time, they probably wouldn't have accomplished as much as they did. But because that's a they great had way of saying somebody it. like MJ or like LeBron on their team. That's a good way of saying it. No, yeah, that's totally true. So I think it's more so MJ and LeBron making them better rather than them. Well, they made them better as well, but I'm just saying I think. It was a mutual. I mean, yeah. as a go. It's not an argument for why LeBron should be the greatest over MJ, I don't think. No, not at all. It's, it's just more or less an attribution to how great of a player they are and how great of an influencer they are. Yeah. And a leader they are. Yeah. But I also want to say that the only thing that hindered my way of, of giving LeBron James the king of the goat. So I'm going to say I think MJ is the goat. Okay. But I have two different ways of saying this. And I said it last night to you. And it's, oh, yeah. I'm going to try and word it the way that I said it because I said it the way I liked it. But okay. <laughs> it never it comes out the, the same way, way when it's on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so the one hindering thing to giving LeBron James the crown to the goat. He is the king. Shout out King James was when Kyrie took the game-winning shot. Not the game-winning, the dagger in the finals because MJ never, ever, ever gave up the shot. That's his shot. He's never going to not take it. He is the killer. He is the guy. When the game is on the line, it was in yep, his hands. He has the ball. Yeah. And I think that that just kind of, I don't know, it just it rubbed me off wrong. And I know that I'm sure LeBron wanted the shot. And I'm sure the Warriors knew LeBron's going to take this shot, and it's the smart strategic move to give Kyrie the shot. But also, I'm like, man, that's the king. If he is the GOAT, you give him the ball. I mean, that's his team. That's his, that's his city. That's his state. You give him the ball. So I don't know. It was just That's the one thing that edged me towards MJ. Yeah. So I don't disagree with you. I would still pick MJ as well, just as the greatest of all time, just because – like we just talked, statistic. I'm a stats person. I'm a numbers person. So statistically, to date, I think MJ's the best. He has accomplished more, um, at least like we said, championship wise, which no, I yeah, think is sure. a determining factor of it. When you have two players that are so good, I think there's only one way you can pick between the two, and it's not from what they did during the regular season. It's how successful were they in the playoffs? How many championships did they win? Because if you're looking at them side by side in any given game, you could go with either of them. But I think you have to look at how many championships did they win to actually be able to put an edge up on one or the other. Yeah. So because of that, I'm going to say MJ, but I will say I really like LeBron James, and I think that he is the greatest of all time in expanding yep, basketball. Yep, say it. Yep, <laughs> say it the way I was going to say it. And yeah, he's uh, he's the greatest of all time at 
doing the absolute most with his success. There it is. That's how. That's yeah. That's exactly like going beyond just basketball. He's the goat at on and off the court of basketball. Yeah. The, what, what he's been able to do on the court and what he's been able to translate from basketball off the court yeah. is unheard of, unprecedented. It's something that nobody has ever been able to do. Yeah. And no offense to MJ, he he owns the Hornets. I mean, shout out, that's that's a boss move. But his influence um, in the community, I don't think, is as strong. Building schools so kids can actually get an education. Exactly. And I just think that that's pretty amazing that he's going above and beyond with his success. And it's not just, oh, I have a million cars. But it's like, look, I want to have an actual impact on the world, not yep. just on the game of basketball. And I think he's the greatest to have done that. Yep, I agree. So I think he's the GOAT overall. As basketball is a big picture, <laughs> but I think that MJ was the GOAT in basketball just to as date. a sport yeah. to date. Who knows? LeBron could rattle off four NBA championships and then, hands down, he's considered right. the GOAT in my yeah. opinion. I agree. So, but that hasn't happened yet, right. so there's still time. And I think Chad and I were talking about this earlier too, just as casual conversation, because like we said, we started this because we already <laughs> have these conversations outside of a podcast, but we were talking about how... I don't think you can really fully decide until LeBron James is done with his career and they're both retired and you can look at the big body of work so you can say, cool, LeBron played for 19 years or whatever he ends up with. Yeah. And MJ played for however many years he played. And then you can say, okay, look, within those years, what did they both accomplish and actually have a full picture to compare and figure out who is the greatest of all time. But until then, I don't think it's a fair conversation to have. I mean, it is a fair conversation, and it's something that people will always continually argue about and kind of debate about, but I think until we can look at their full body of work in its entirety and compare it apples to apples, then I think we won't know for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that way of saying it, but as you can always debate anything. Oh, for sure. <laughs> We're all about debating oh, yeah. anything. So I think, like we said, MJ's the GOAT of basketball as of right this second. But I think LeBron, what he's been able to do on the court, off the court, the big picture of just basketball as just more than an athlete. Yeah. I mean, hashtag. So that's literally his brand. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So, so hashtag more than an athlete. Yeah, I mean, exactly. what he's Point been able to – Exactly. So he's the GOAT of the big picture of basketball. Yes, I agree. And he still has the potential to be the greatest of all time, period, too. It's going to be interesting to see what he does with the Lakers over the next – Season, two seasons, however long he ends up there. Also, people, stop hating on him for getting hype about his kid balling out. He's exactly like every other parent. My dad would get crazy at my freaking soccer games. You got crazy at my football games. Like, let's be honest. Fort Hayes? I mean, we can talk a little crap about Fort Hayes on the podcast if we really need to. (laughs) You're not very nice, and I return the favor. If you're from Fort Hayes and you're listening, please don't downrate us. I'm sorry, but we played against you guys, and you were rowdy. You were rowdy. Y'all's student section was badass. We'll give you that. Yeah. But that's going to lead us into our final section, which is the predictions for next week. Yes. Steph is catching up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So Steph's record is 14 and 12. She's slowly gaining on me. My record is 17 and 9. I'm kind of mad. I shouldn't have gone against my gut, but I, I just had to go against you. I was, I was feeling it. I need to edge it out, but instead I let you get closer. I know. You try to differentiate yourself, but I know. I just made the right picks. I know. All right. So Monday Night Football, Colts against the Saints. Drew Brees is going for the all-time passing touchdowns record. Sorry, Peyton. You were the GOAT of the regular season. Drew Brees is just the GOAT. Um, and also, Tom Brady is going after it as well. Yeah, it's a tight race. So it's it's crazy. But Drew Brees is going to get it, hands down. He needs two touchdowns. 
I think just to tie it. Yeah, to tie it. He averages, I think it's over two touchdowns a game. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. So I think he breaks it. Kind of going to be a historical night. So if you guys have a chance, turn the TV on, check it out. And with that being said, obviously, I picked the Saints. <laughs> that made it pretty clear. I also <laughs> picked the Saints. I think that, um, I mean, Drew Brees is hard to bet against ever. Uh, and I think that the Saints have kind of gotten back in their rhythm. They've obviously had a very weird season between Brees getting hurt, Teddy Bridgewater going off, and just continuing, Teddy their, two gloves. Yes, continuing their momentum. But I think it took a little bit of getting used to have, having Drew Brees back once he got back. But I think they're in full strength. Again. And it's nuts to say that because they're still, I think they're 12 and 11 and 3. Yeah. Which, hmm, that's not bad for having to switch out two quarterbacks. Yeah. And as much as they've struggled, they've still been able to find wins. So I think that's going to really benefit them coming playoffs. Yeah. I but agree. I think the Colts are also still in a really good spot. I know that they've struggled this year, but I think that Brissett's a good quarterback. I think just the injuries have really, really kind of set them back. The Saints are 10 and 3, by the way. 10 and 3, sorry. You sorry, guys sorry. Just sorry. wanted to fact check that. Thank you for that. Yep. But yeah, so I think that the Colts are just, they've been injured. Finitary, man, it sucks. I, as being a kicker, looking up to him, I hope he's all right. Hope he comes back for a year to finish. Just a badass high note. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Colts are just, they got injured. Yeah. They're going to be all right. Yeah. But, but not this year. The Saints are going to win. <laughs> the Saints will march. Yes. And then that kind of leads us into a little bit of basketball because right. uh, we don't really have many other sports to pick from. We have a few, but we're just going to do a couple basketball games. Okay, let's do it. So the two NBA games that we have, one is on Monday night. This is going to be probably not as good as we wanted because Luka Doncic is hurt, but it's the Mavs against the Bucks. The Bucks are on a freaking hot streak. They yeah. might win. They might beat the record. I mean, they're on track still. Yep, statistically. After we talked about it last time. They're yeah. on track. They are. Um, so who do you have, Bucks, Mavs? I'm, I'll say it first since you always say that you pick first. I go Bucks, but it's obvious because Luca's hurt. Yeah. I don't even think that there's a close chance that this is going to be a game, sadly. I know. I, I, we should, probably should have taken this off, but... We're going to keep it keeping on. Oh, we also didn't hear about Luca until like a short period of time ago. So. Yeah. I'm also going to pick the Bucks. I think Giannis is just on another level this year, so is it's going to be hard. Is to he going to get back-to-back MVP? I don't think so, but... I do think that it's going to be hard to beat him without the Mavs having their clear shooter, clear point scorer, clear offensive threat. Pretty much their clear everything. Yeah, their whole team. <laughs> no offense to the unicorn, Kristaps, but Luke is the Luke is the Mavs. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into our next game, which this should be game of the week. Okay. Heat against the 76ers. If you missed the Heat and Lakers game, it was like a playoff game. Oh, my God. It was... Whew, it was great. It was yeah. phenomenal. Jimmy B, what the Heat, they lost. But what they've been able <laughs> yeah. to do, But they're so. going off. They have their rhythm. They're young. They're energetic. They don't get tired. I like the Heat. I'm not against the 76ers. I just am not the biggest fan of them. Yeah. I think they're good. They got rid of my boy, JJ. I, I got sad. I but I think the Heat overall, if I'm looking at this either way, 5v5, 10v10, whatever, I pick the Heat. Yeah, I picked the Heat, too, on this one. Um, I think the 76ers, I don't know. I like Joel Embiid because, obviously, I'm a KU fan. And Rock he, Chalk? He was a Jayhawk, but I think that he is inconsistent currently. I know he scores, whatever, 20 points a game. I don't know if that's his actual average, but he scores a lot. But I just think energy-wise, he's inconsistent. Effort-wise, I think he's inconsistent. So I'm going to go with the Heat because I know Jimmy Butler goes 100% 
plus every game. Oh yeah, hundred percent plus. And uh, Goran Dragic, and also Rookie of the Year candidate, oh, in my Tyler. opinion, Tyler Hero. <laughs> shout <Yeah>. out. <laughs> yeah. But this also kind of leads us into our final game, which is not very much a game anymore either, because there's some breaking news. I know. Yeah. Man, all of our game picks are my injury this week. But North Carolina plays Gonzaga. It's a top twenty-five matchup. It should be a great game. Not a, maybe. I mean, Roy Williams be. is still the GOAT, so yeah. I think that they'll have a great game plan, but it just sucks because Cole Anthony, their star point guard, is actually out indefinitely with a knee injury, so hopefully yeah. he'll be all right because I was a big advocate of him. He's really talented. He is very talented, Um, I'm, and hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later, and hopefully yeah. it's not like a long-term sort of injury. Hopefully it's just a few games yeah. that he's out, and then he'll be back. I haven't read up enough about it, but I know that he's out for good until they rule him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so who do you have? I'm going to pick Gonzaga. Okay. Because they're already ranked higher in general. Um, I think you said they were sixth. Yep. And I think North Carolina is like 17th or 16th or somewhere around there, depending on how it all shakes out um, after the new rankings over the, at the end of the weekend. But I'm definitely going to pick Gonzaga because, like we just said, North Carolina is still going to be a good team even without their point guard. But I think... Based, I haven't watched them, but based on the fact that they're ranked six, I'm going to assume that they're pretty good, too. And they so are. They're with, very good. Without North Carolina having their star player, I think that Gonzaga will have the upper hand. Yeah, I agree. I think Gonzaga, I mean, just without that point guard, I, I don't think they would win many games against top ten so. teams. Just because he's just really talented. He is, yeah. He is a kind of just do-it-all point guard. Yeah. He reminds me a little bit of Russell Westbrook. I yeah. don't think he's... He's not quite as maybe big, as explosive. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's pretty explosive. That block on the center was nuts. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I got Gonzaga. I just think one, they're well coached. Roy Williams is a good coach, so good coach against good coach. Yeah. And then when you lose a good player, you still have all your good players. You got to pick the good team. Yeah, a bit of an upper upper hand, a little edge. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens on that one. Um, like we said, we had some good picks, but over the literal last like two hours, two of those picks kind of got ruined with injuries. But we hope both those players will come back sooner rather than later so that these picks will be interesting again. But that wraps us up for this episode. Like we said, make sure you're going to follow along with our Instagram and our Facebook page because that's where we do all the polls all the conversations around the topics we've covered, but also a lot more than we don't cover in the podcast. So once again, it's GG Talk Sports, and make sure you're following along over there. And we'll be back again on Thursday at 6 a.m. Central, so don't forget to watch some sports, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.